Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church. This is The Reformatory Reformation Month edition. Reformation. Oh, dude, Reformation Month is coming to you. Dude, that's a cigar name. That's a cigar name. I'm patent pending that name. What is it? Reformation Especial. (laughs) You gotta get the. That own. is a cigar name. <laughs> that is a cigar name from here on out. That is patent uh, pending by Jack Berry. Don't take I that. Like it. Don't take that intellectual property. All right, there it is. I like it. I like it. Yeah, no, that's solid. That's solid. Jack, how how are you, my friend? Okay, so I switched up the venue. You y'all can't see where I'm at, no. but basically, I have a converted converted attic space that functions as a, a utility room. Right. So my wife and I put this couch that my mother-in-law had. She was like, you got to buy it, you know, you got to buy it from us for like 500 bucks. I bought it for 1200. You got to buy it. You got to give me some kishisha for this. And I'm like, Sheesh, dude. My wife's hold like, on, no hold way. On. We're, hold on. A $1200 $1200 couch? <laughs> Wait, she she bought this, mind you. She bought this like 5 or 6 years ago. So, what in the Are you Okay, maybe I just haven't bought furniture in a while, dude. But twelve hundred dollars for a couch? I yeah, dude. I'll sit. I'll sit on the floor, man. I will buy. I will buy some camp chairs from Walmart and like call it a day, son. That's in any up. case. Anyway, I'm sorry. I am, anyway, I'm on the I'm on the couch today because we're lounging upstairs. And yeah. dude, I am. I just need some cedar planks. I need to close off the side of the room, and we good, baby. Hey, that's my we idea. Good. That that I when <laughs> my first time I visited your your crib there down in T Town, I saw that attic, yeah. and I was like, no, 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 this is this is the place. This is the place. Anyway, yeah. Jack, it is uh, it's Reformation Month, man, and yeah. uh, you know we're we're coming down to it and uh, looking forward to uh, uh, Reformation Sunday as it's as it's yeah. coming up. And uh, we've had we've had a good uh, we've had a good month, man. It's the yeah. the leaves are changing, the leaves are falling, 
I'm feeling more energetic the darker it gets. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I, I legitimately <laughs> think so. That there's this like you know seasonal seasonal affective disorder, or whatever people call it, right? I don't know. And but yeah. for the vast majority of people, it hits when it gets dark. Because they're like, yep. oh, I, I need the sunshine. The gray. I, there's a, there's the gray. I have some very dear friends, uh, very dear friends, who uh, make fun of me all the time because mm-hmm. uh, when it's sunny and bright, I, I I hate it. I hate it so much. I get grumpy. <laughs> I get pseudo depressed and just lethargic. Right. But when it becomes when it becomes dark and rainy and gloomy. And it's like starting to get dark around like six now, dude. I yeah. am as happy as a little clam oh in this clamshell, man. I I don't yeah. know what it is, but I love it. We went from being love hot it. in the eighties, smoke billowing everywhere, nastiness, and yep. then God just done answered Josh's prayers and made he did. it fall. He did, and he's like in his zone right now. He is he vibing. Did. I am. People. I am vibing. So. I am vibing. Jack, you know, you know what else would help me vibe here, man? Why don't you give me a little, uh, give me a little reformatory cigar of the week action? Although we've okay. got something a little special this week. You said, you yeah. said you're 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 changing it up for this week. Okay, so I have not, I have not had a visit to the cigar lounge in a little while because of work and and ish in that arena. But mm. I will say this: we had reviewed the Olmec the foundation's new cigar line and we had to talk to you about that i can't remember what episode specifically we talked about that cigar and it's excuse me msrp uh blend and everything like that yeah but i will tell you this there's an update so we have a if you could call it a a redux or redo on the olmec okay and it just verifies that this podcast knows what it's talking about as far as cigar recommendations. Um, I had looked up, I followed Nick Melillo, who is the owner and the blender of Foundation Cigars, who makes the Olmec. I looked, up, I looked up his Instagram, and he basically posted pictures of this like rating on Cigar Aficionado. I looked at the article. The Olmec series, the whole line, all of the sizings, all the Vitolas, are over 90 rated. Oh, I man. think the highest is either 93 or 94 on one of them for the Olmec. So we were there first. It's basically, we were there first. We were okay? there first, people. That's right. This is how <laughs> this is how you know your boys know what they're talking about. So, all right, it's because it's been confirmed by all yeah. of these big wigs who think, oh, you know, cigar aficionado, cigar to blah 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 blah. No. Reformatory is where you get your Y'all cigar got the reviews. hookups. Yeah. Y'all got the hook the early, the early editions. That's right. Okay. That's right. So you know that we are not outside of the realm of, of what we're talking about here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Of cigar of cigar doxy here. Okay. So do you know what is out of the realm of Orthodox that I just found mm-hmm. out today? Okay, so oh, I went gosh. on. I went on. I went on Cigarbed. So for those of you who don't know, little little oh, reformatory hookup, Cigarbed.com. It's the eBay of cigars. You get some amazing deals. Anyway, I picked up the um, a box of the um, uh, Isla del Sol by Drew Estate. It's a Maduro in a Corona size. Okay, so there's a tiny little thing. 
I I'm putting them in my humidor and I open I open one up. I take it out of the plastic and I'm about to put it up. And the smell of this thing hits me square in the face. And I'm like, wait a second. Yep. Is this yep. is this infused? I I I I taste it and I gagged, dude. <laughs> I about gagged. Now, okay, no no hate toward my brothers or sisters who like their infused stuff, but I mean there's a little bit of hate. Okay. I put dude, I had a visceral reaction to this thing. So now I've got a box. Well, it's not a whole box, and thankfully I got a like a screaming deal on it on cigar bag. Now, you know, yeah. Now I know why it was so cheap because it was so bad. But the yeah. the Isla del Sol by Drew Estate, not a a, a cigar. <laughs> do do not like we always tell you cigars to get on here. This is the first one I'm telling you. Do not get this. It is horrible, yeah. disgusting. I it is yeah. like adding works to the gospel, dude. It was so bad, <laughs> so bad. Not good oh, for anyone. Oh my goodness. Anyway, all is right, that what well, we're gonna, is that what we're gonna do now in the in the cigar review? We're gonna do one one of the one of the good ones, and then one of the ones to stay away. Oh, with. We well, but that that, that means that I have to. That means that I have. Well, who's gonna volunteer <laughs> to try the bad ones? <laughs> I'm not volunteering for that. <laughs> I'm looking at you, buddy. No, I'm looking no. at you, pal. <laughs> Get out of here. I ain't smoking no trash. All right. Well, just confirming uh, once again the Almac. Do not get the Isla del Sol by Dura State. And it is it is hor- It's like it's absolutely awful. Don't touch it. That is the reformatory uh, review, cigar review of the week. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. Speaking of the glory of God. Speaking of yes, doing things for the purpose <laughs> of God's glory, we have uh, found ourselves, Jack, at the end of Reformation Month. I'm a little sad. I'm a little. I'm a little melancholy, just a little bit. Um, at least, uh, at least, we find ourselves at the end of the five solas of the Reformation. Mm-hmm. We are covering today the final sola of the five solas of Reformation, and that is soli Deo. Gloria, which uh, yep. most uh, catechized children will know, means to God be the glory, or God gets the glory alone, right? Yes. So that's what we're talking about today, Jack, and um, why don't we, I'm going to throw it over to you real quick, and talk to me about why uh, this particular sola made uh, made the list, if you will, of the uh, of the the pillars of Christianity, the, the five solas to come out of the Reformation, why why is Sole Deo Gloria one of the the solas that, that came out? Why did the Reformers hold Sole Deo Gloria uh, to be so important? Yeah, I think this goes back to even our discussion about medieval salvation and even what we've been talking about during the times of the Reformation uh, what was going on within that era, what had led up to the Reformation. And so Soli Deo Gloria comes out in this way of to God be the glory alone mm-hmm. as kind of like a rallying cry for just how you live your life. Really, it's, I would say Luther kind of propagated this in a way because he really was trying to show that everybody had a place in the kingdom. 
it wasn't just the priests. It wasn't just the bishops. It wasn't just the people up in the higher echelons of the magisterium or the church or how you serve the church. It was, you can be a farmer and glorify God. You can do these things and glorify God. And you can do that in a way that you can live your life, uh, as we say, quorum Deo, in the face of God, kind of. So I feel like Soli Deo Gloria and quorum Deo are kind of like two simultaneous kind of pieces together, I would say. I would say that quorum Deo should be added on to Soli Deo Gloria or in some capacity in this way. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's kind of what Luther was going for. I have to say, sorry, sorry, sorry to cut <laughs> oh, you gosh. off. But every time, and no, 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 something good. Every time I hear Coram Deo, my mind automatically goes back to Papa Sproul in front oh, of yeah. in front of the big the big chalkboards, right? Yeah. And like scratching away. I learned about that that phrase, that that concept, that 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 particular doctrine from him on those old VHS tapes. So every time I hear yeah. Coram Deo, I think may I think back to Papa Sproul. That and I think it would be a a dope name for a church quorum deo church that would that that would be that would be amazing uh, th- i think there's th- yes churches it, it already is i'm just saying it, it it is a sweet name anyway sorry continue yeah so i mean that i think that that's a fairly good um i don't know i feel like that's kind of a good synopsis of soli deo gloria because it really eclipses and and shows that these rallying cries are not for the higher ups in the church. It's for everybody. There's no distinction yep. now. Really, right. before in the in the Refor- in the Reformation age in the in the Middle Ages, you did have a distinction. There was mm-hmm. a distinction between the priests and the bishops, the cardinals, the pope. And then everybody else. And then you had the yeah. commoners. And and really, it, it's also that separation, too, of who is the word of God for? Mm. Is the word of God only for the leaders of the church or is the word of God for the people? And so you kind of had these distinctions going on within the Reformation that Soli Deo Gloria really kind of shows us that... Whatever you are doing can be and should be uh, God glorifying. And so if you are working, like this kind of breaks down this wall of, you know, God being in a certain realm, I guess. He's only in the church, right? Sure. This breaks down this idea that God can only be in these certain areas or whatnot or yeah. Anyway, so I th- I think that's important for us today because we have such a hard time in dis- in distinguishing the fact that we can glorify God not only on the Lord's day, but we can also glorify him on Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right. And in different capacities. We can do it we can glorify God <laughs> when we give our hearts to him, when we enter into the public space of work, whether that be the public or the private sector or at home, or maybe you're a stay at home parent uh, for certain seasons or maybe longer seasons, like any capacity that you are in, you are doing it for the glory of God alone. Yeah. And you're doing it in the face of God. So, 
Yeah, I, I think that's a really important thing. I think it's one of those it's one of those doctrines that I have found um, that I have found that it's it's easy to say, but I think it's a yeah. difficult for a lot of individuals to actually practically put into practice. Right. And I think yeah. they have in their heads the things that, oh, I, I do this for God's glory, but God really doesn't care about this or God, you know, you know, this this really isn't can't be done for God's glory. It's not, it's not that I'm trying to do it for my own glory, but I just don't see it as being worthy of being done for God's glory. Right. So I I think there's a lot of kind of misconceptions as to, as to how much of our lives are to be done through the filter of, does this bring God glory or am I doing this for the glory of God? And I think that that question brings restriction and freedom in regards to the things that we do or the things that we refrain from doing right yeah and i think it's a very good question is uh when when engaging in in honestly any activity because we're commanded you know whether you eat or drink you know in all you do do for the glory of god so there that precedence has been set there that we are here on this earth to represent christ as his ambassadors, and to live to the glory of God, right? That's the Westminster Shorter Catechism, right? Any catechized kid is going to know this. This is number one. What is man's primary purpose? Well, man's primary purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, right? And there is great enjoyment in bringing him glory here on earth, right? So it's the question that we ask ourselves, are we doing this thing? Fill in the blank. And you can literally fill this blank in with literally anything, is my motive for engaging this? Is my motive for refraining from this? Is my motive for enjoying this to bring mm-hmm. God glory? All right. And that runs the gambit. That question needs to be asked. And it's the filter that we ask everything through. Right. Yeah. And because what that does is when we are truly living uh, as, you know, in, when we are truly living in a way that that shows that that question is the filter for our life, it will it will set up a a guardrail against sin, mm-hmm. and it will give you a freedom to enjoy the gifts that God has given with the correct motivation. Right. So ultimately, we know you cannot sin for the glory of God. Right. You can't be bringing God glory while at the same time reveling in the things that God says he hates. Right. That's an oxymoron. We can't do that. We cannot engage in willful, sinful behavior for the glory of God. Right. We are just sinning that 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 grace may abound at that point. And that's something that Paul tells us we must not do. Right. Mm -hmm. So that that's the obvious one, I think. And, And I believe that most most true Christian. Well, I believe all true Christians should be able to confirm that we do not sin for God's glory. Right. Mm -hmm. Where I think it gets harder for some people. And I think this is, this is something that was very difficult for me kind of coming into this understanding is that you as a Christian are called to engage with the good gifts God has given you for his glory and bringing God glory is not something that you only do on the Lord's day. And it's not something that you only do in times of pain and suffering, which I think yeah. at least again, for me, I'm speaking for myself was yeah. kind of the primary way and the primary, um, um, kind of, 
a, a situation, if you will, that that doctrine was preached as well. You know, our pain brings God glory. You have to bring God glory in the suffering. You got to bring God glory in the hard times, which is all, which is all true. You know, yep. that, that, that is true. We are called to bring God glory in the hard times and the pain and the frustration. It's, you know, we don't check that, that at the door when we enter into salvation. Right. But I think what was even harder for me to come to grips to understand, and I know this might be the opposite than, uh, than some people's stories was understanding that I am called to bring God glory in the things that I enjoy, in the yeah. things that God has given me as good gifts to enjoy, right? Yeah. We make the joke on this podcast. Well, it's not a joke, but we end our cigar reviews with go and smoke to the glory of God. And mm-hmm. I know for a lot of people listening, you know, I know a lot of people, I know some, well, some people might skip those reviews and that's okay, <laughs> right? But there's a specific reason that we end that segment with that phrase. And it's not just some cheeky reformed like Spurgeon-esque thing, even though I believe that's a good quote from Spurgeon. I agree with it. Yeah. But we as Christians have been given good gifts from our father because he loves us. And he loves giving his children good gifts. Yeah. We as God's children are called to enjoy those and to bring him glory in that enjoyment. So yeah. if you're listening to this today and, you know, wherever wherever the Lord has you, kind of whatever whatever hobbies he's he's given you or things that you enjoy, maybe it's cigars, maybe it's maybe it's reading, maybe it's writing, maybe it's, you know, photography, maybe it's playing video games, sports, right? Fill in the blank, right? If it is not inherently in and of itself sin, you are able to bring God glory in the enjoyment of that in moderation and as long as it is not causing you to sin, right? Because we know that, you know, even though something in and of itself might not be sin, does not mean that you are never able to sin while enjoying in that thing, right? (laughs) Um, So it requires discernment and it requires, you know, it, it, it requires understanding the effects of the thing that you're enjoying, but you are able to play video games to the glory of God. Just like you're able to play football to the glory of God, just like you're able to eat, eat your meal to the glory of God, right? Everything that we do should be with the motivation of bringing God glory. And people ask, okay, well, how do I play video games for the glory of God? How do I smoke a cigar for the glory of God? Does that mean that I have to like, you know, you know, at the end of every every win that, you know, I, you know, do the Tim Tebow and make sure that everyone knows, hey, I got I, I won this. I won this match for the glory of God. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't think that that's what it means. Uh, yeah. You can do that if you want to. But I think it is a much d- deeper understanding that. In my enjoyment of this, I am thankful to the Lord for giving me this gift and giving me the ability to enjoy things. Right? God, mm-hmm. God gave you the ability to taste for enjoyment. Right? He didn't have to do that, but I enjoy good food and tasting good food to the glory of God. And I'm thankful for that ability. So in all you do, right? It is to be done for the glory of God, and that, of course, encompasses pain and the hard times, but it is also you are called to thank the Lord for the enjoyment of the gift that he has given you, 
And in your enjoyment of that gift, your thankfulness for that gift, God receives glory in the utilizing or enjoyment of that gift. Right. So I think it's just it's it's important for us to understand how deep this doctrine of sole deo gloria actually goes and that it's supposed to permeate every aspect of who we are, not only the things that are hard, but especially the things that are good and the things that are enjoyable. Uh, It is it's it's just I think it's it's a different mind frame that us Christians should be in when engaging in the things that that we enjoy, right? Mm, absolutely. Yeah, plus on it too, I mean, you can look at it and Soli Deo Gloria kind of revolves around all the solas. I mean, yeah, I think that Soli Deo Gloria is a wrap-up, but it's also like this connective thing that kind of really interlocks all of yeah, them together as well too. Um, because... It's weaving, solely Dea Gloria is weaving through those kind of truths about the gospel and about kind of the summary of our faith and kind of going at it as one and they're not just disjointed from one another. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's 100% right, man. Yeah. So I think I think that's one aspect. And then I think the other aspect of it that kind of we, we already talked about is just kind of the it's the understanding and the belief that all things truly do work together for God's glory and our good. Yeah. And that's a very difficult truth to I I think come to grips to at times. Is understanding mm-hmm. how how this thing that I am going through, okay, how ultimately how does this bring God glory? How does my my sickness bring God glory? How does mm-hmm. my pain bring God glory? How does the the unbeliever that is that is destined for hell that is being punished in hell for all eternity? How does how does that bring God glory? Right? It's very easy to I think see how the good things bring God glory. Right? And yeah. how the the angels and the saints in heaven bring God glory and how you know our marriages should bring God glory and how you know the the local church on Sunday morning how that brings God glory but how do these other things how do we begin to wrestle with the very difficult truths of these hard painful difficult circumstances how does this actually bring God glory? And I think that's a that's a very very difficult question to answer. And I think it's a very difficult yeah. question to ask because I think for a lot of us, because we're finite, we're afraid of the answer. Yeah. You know, and I think I think it starts with understanding. And I'm not saying that this is the end all be all answer, but I think it starts with understanding that 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 you don't have the ability. You don't have the capability in who you are and who God is to ultimately understand that that answer. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are so many things about this question where we 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 dig as deep as we can, but ultimately we're gonna come to a door that we we do not have the we do not have the intellectual capability of crossing crossing that threshold because we're the 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 finite trying to understand the infinite. Yeah. Plus on top of it too, I mean, 
I think there's the dynamic that we often miss and that we just go to, well, and plus also too, we're bucking up against the fact that a lot of unbelievers will say, well, Soli Deo Gloria is just this mega, mega maniacal God kind mm-hmm. of pushing his agenda on you to get more glory and stuff like that. When yeah. really it's, it's looking at it the other way around in the fact that God creates and sets man in his creation to worship him and God should receive worship for making man and not only that but like that breaking point in the fact that we have sinned and need to come back to God is made through the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and so I feel like there is a there is a redeeming aspect in how God pursues his creation. And it's not just this demand and ask that so many of us look at it. It is God has set before us all that he has made. And not only that, but then even when we fail, he still pursues his creation, his people, and he still brings them to ultimate redemption and ultimate, you know, whatever that may be. I mean, you can kind of go through this in Romans 9. He makes <laughs> some cups for wrath and others for glory, you know, yeah. that whole dynamic there. Which is which is so, a hard, I mean, it, that's a hard truth. Yeah. That's a hard thing to wrap your head around. But I think, too, it's just showing you how God does not set in motion things and then take a step back and then withdraw Mm. yeah, and just say, now worship me. No, he sets in motion all of creation and us, his created ones to basically reflect God to one another. But then he sends like God sends himself. He sends the second person. God sends the second person of the Trinity, Jesus and immerses himself in his creation takes upon flesh. So that dynamic is very different than what you would find in every other religious or religion experience Mm. where they just have God. I mean, that's the whole conundrum in every single other religion other than Christianity. Every religion makes God makes demands and we have to fulfill them through our works. Yeah. Um, that doesn't happen. <laughs> right. Because, hey, spoiler alert, God, through Jesus Christ, actually, like, works out our salvation and accomplishes us, accomplishes it and justifies us. And the only thing that he is asking in return is to come to him. Mm-hmm. And when we come to him... And when faith is granted as that gift, that is something very dynamically different about the gospel and about Jesus and about who our God is versus every single other religious system and religion that we have in the world today. That just, you ask Muslims, you ask Jewish people, you ask anybody, it is always on that person to do your duty to God. It is never resting in the fact that Jesus Christ died for 
me on the cross in my place for my sins and then justifies me before God. Mm-hmm. Like the whole, that whole thing is not a, a common experience. And Soli Deo Gloria gives us this motivation to take justification by faith alone and by grace alone and by scripture alone and through Christ alone takes all that wraps it up and then basically kind of gives us a nudge and say, now go live like grace and peace to you. Now go live this out. It's kind of that nudge in that direction. And so, yeah. 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 I think it's, it, it really does give, I mean, it gives the ultimate answer to, to life's biggest question, right? Why are we here? What is the meaning of life? Right. What is, what is our purpose here? And it's to bring God glory. Right. And it's something that I think if if we if we if we separate this doctrine from the gospel, it becomes a very scary, very scary doctrine. Right. Because the the critique and you already you already touched on it, the, the critique of the world to to Christianity is, well, you just you just have a God that's just a tyrannical just a tyrannical monster um, egomaniac who yeah. sets up all these people as little playthings that he can, you know, sovereignly orchestrate however he wishes. And it's all just for his fun. It's all just mm-hmm. for his massive ego trip. Right. Which is the critique that you hear. Right. Yeah. And here's the thing without God's goodness, without God showing and revealing the love that he has for the gospel yeah. or, or excuse me, through the gospel. Like God is that scary and he is something that, that I am terrified of mm-hmm. while at the same time understanding this is, this is God's sandbox. Yeah. He can do whatever he wants with it. Right. Is we have that overarching truth that God is so big. He is so separate from us. Yeah. That he created all of this. Mm-hmm. And by the laws of, of, of logic <laughs> that God created, if, if he created it, it's his rules, his yeah. sandbox, his rules. He can do yeah. what he wants. That is true across the board whether or not god is good or not sure but the fact is look at look at what he has done right look at look at the provision that he has made in the person of jesus christ right yeah. he created us to bring him glory that is our express purpose even even before even before we fell he created us in his image to be recipients of his image to bring him glory and we broke covenant with him. Mm-hmm. So what does he do? Instead of instead of saying, well, that didn't work, right? And just torching the entire thing or, uh, you know, not deciding to just continue to rule cosmically as is his right as creator, but not show us love, not show us grace, not show us forgiveness. He didn't choose to do that. He could have, and he would have been within his right to do so. <laughs> But he sh- he decided to show us love. He decided to make covenant with himself mm-hmm. because he knew we couldn't keep it. 
and he showed us his cosmic love and mercy and grace and gave us an advocate, gave us someone that could could relate to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And my friends, when we begin to understand the the doctrine of soli deo gloria through the lens of the gospel, it becomes the most enriching and beautiful truth that there is. Because now, because of Jesus Christ, living to God's glory is not something that I fear. It's not something that I engage in out of out of dread that I'm just going to be another ant that gets squashed under God's boot. Yeah. I live my life to God's glory. The pain and the suffering and the good times, all of it, I live to his glory because of what he has done for me and what he's shown to me. Yeah. And it takes this difficult truth that that I believe me, I understand just because I am saved does not mean that I have it all in my pocket and I just automatically understand why bad things happen. <laughs> right? And what the purpose of it is. But I can rest and I can trust that God gets the glory through it, even though I don't understand that, because I have been shown his heart and I've been shown his love for me in the person of Jesus Christ and in the gospel. That gives me the ability to, even though I don't understand it, to in the midst of it say, Soli Deo Gloria, Lord, I know you're receiving glory in this. I don't understand. I don't need to understand because you have given me Jesus and I trust you. Right. So we have to, we have to view this doctrine through the lens of the gospel and see that, that our lives, everything brings God glory. And in the midst of that, you can trust him because he has given you Christ and he's shown you, he's shown you his heart. He's shown you his desire and his will for you. And we have that promise that all things work together for our good, even though we don't understand how that works. And you know what? We might we might not this side of glory. There are some things that I go through in this life that might I might not understand why I went through those until I am able to see with the eyes of eternity. Yeah. And that's where the trust in the gospel comes in. So it's an important doctrine, man. It's it's important, and it's uh, it's something that I think. I think the depths of this doctrine are not are not delved enough, as, uh, mm. even even in reformedum. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, a lot of the times too, it's that not delving into them, not applying them not trying to basically take what you have learned and use it into your life. I feel like that's kind mm-hmm. of like a, a humanity issue as well too. Like we are very either headstrong people or basically we like to do things. But I feel mm-hmm. like the balance in that sometimes and the applicability to what we've gone through with the five solas sometimes, it's hard because – you have to use all of yourself and doctrine needs to be worked out in community and needs to be shown. Like it can't just be ingested and you to do nothing with it. 
Wait, like it sounds it like needs... you're saying we need the local <laughs> church. <laughs> what? Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're here for, people. Um, That's why we're so, here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that. those balances need to happen. Like it needs to be heard and through your hearing of these things, it needs to be shown in what you mm-hmm. do as well, too. Yeah. Um, this kind of goes back to even the series that we're going through in Galatians to where we're just in this, we're just starting into chapter two and Peter done messed up y'all. Peter messed up mm. and he's being hypocritical and he has gospel doctrine, but is he using it in order to create a gospel culture? No. Yeah. And that there's always separation in that. There's always going to be either gospel doctrine or gospel culture. And when it is not seen as gospel culture is being driven by gospel doctrine, run from that. Because if there's nothing behind that quote unquote gospel culture. Right. Right. If it doesn't have any roots. If (laughs) if there's no, if there's, if, if it's just like kind of flying by the seat of your pants, it's not going to be long lasting. No. And on top of it, if there is not, if there's not gospel culture coming out of gospel doctrine, you are going to look like every single person uh, who has left the church and go back and say, you guys are hypocrites. Right. Um, and that really stains the church, and it really stains our witness to the world that is looking at us. And it really stains maybe the witness of your local community that you're in and your local church that you're in if you do that. And so, yeah, like we need to have those these gospel doctrines lead to gospel culture, even just how, you know, if you want to read more on this a little bit in tune and in depth, read this book. It's part of the Nine Mark series. It's called The Gospel by Ray Ortland. It's probably one of the foundational books that helped me out Mm. in why I left my previous church and why I'm at my current church is because of this book and how our leaders want to embody gospel doctrine, but they also want that to lead out into gospel culture. And if there is not, if there is a breakdown in one of those two things, like we need to be aware of that. We need to correct it. We need to figure out what's going on with that. And I feel like a lot of churches will not self-diagnose or not be introspective um, because that's going to hurt. It's going to hurt when you find out your gospel doctrine is not leading to gospel culture. And that that might come to a point to where you have to pull back (laughs) on what people wanted, quote-unquote, in ministry and in funding and everything like that. You might have to pull that back in order to get back to the basics. Yeah. And people don't like that. People do not like change. People do not like going back to the basics. People want their routines. That's right. <laughs> and when you cut routine, if you, you know, kind of shaping routine for people, it is not going to be happy. We already saw this in 2020 and leading into the years <laughs> after, okay? I'm pretty sure people don't like their routines being broken no matter what it is, okay? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's yeah, why the five think, solars are so important, right? It's yeah. like this is like this is this is the this is the foundational truths. Like yeah. This is this is what we unite around. Yeah. Right? This is like when we talk about salvation, like 
through Christ alone, right? Like these are these are the truths that like we we need to get these right, and these are the truths that are the that 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 build the bedrock uh, that of 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 on which uh, the rest of theology comes from. Right? Are these essential core doctrines of Christianity? And sometimes yeah. you're you're 100 right. Sometimes it is so important. Now, I won't even say sometimes. I I think a study in the five solas, these these foundational truths should be something that local churches do often, often. Yeah. You know, make it part of your your membership track. Is is like look like these are these are essential. We need to understand what these are, where they came from, why they they were formed, why. Right. And how we live these out because they are. This is important stuff, people. Really important. Right. Because it's 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 the bedrock of what we believe. Yeah. That's why I love Reformation Month. Yes, sir. It's the best. Big Eva has sung right now, Josh. It's the best. Big Dude, Eva Jack, has we have. Singing. Man, I don't want to go. I don't want to go, Jack. It's the, it's the last it's the last <laughs> episode of go. Reformation Month. I don't want to pull Titanic on me. No, you yeah, pull no, a Titanic. A David, don't go, that, Jack. Don't no, go. No, no. Well, I could do that. I could do that. I was thinking more. This, this is this. This is for all the nerds out there. I was thinking more David oh. Tennant at the end of his okay. uh, run of Doctor Who. I don't want to okay. go. Yeah, sorry. That's that, that's a deep cut. Deep yeah, that's cut. a deep nerd cut for people. But Jack, all good things must come to an end, and this mm. has been a fantastic series in yes. the Five Solas with you. I have thoroughly enjoyed Reformation Month. Back yep. to regularly scheduled programming uh, next week. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. You know what? Maybe maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe this is where the podcast ends. We go out <laughs> oh with a bang. Oh, my gosh. Oh, go my gosh. Like- <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break. Josh is so sentimental about Reformation Month. He's like, fine, I'll just die with it then. I'll just go Burn down it with it to the ground. Ship. I will go down with this ship. <laughs> it's so amazing. Oh, it's what how how romantic what's romantic of an end jack get us out of here man please we have talked for too long ladies and gentlemen if you appreciate months like this where we focus on reformation month where we focus on the five solas where we focus on these things of how gospel doctrine will lead to gospel culture you too can join us on the sociables where we kind of man we you done. You made fun of <laughs> Josh over here on the sociables. Made fun of the whole the Lord's anointed, and if you didn't oh, see that, you need to. Dude. You need to go over there. You need What's to his name us. again? TD Jakes. TD Jakes. Dude, TD Jakes. Dude, what a what a moron. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I say boy. that in all good Christian love. <laughs> he, oh, he. You don't want to hear what else sound bites he has said because it is it is not it is not within the realm of decency too oh tbn personified so you can follow us on the sociables the twitter the tweaker the little blue bird site elon musk's new acquisition for craziness to happen probably you can follow us on the instagram it goes well with chocolate and marshmallow and its parent company the metaverse the facebook that's right the craziness the uh, Ready Player One beta version that's going on right now it's with that happen. site. A whole bunch of stuff. Anyway, you can follow us all at those sociable sites at the tag at Reformatory Pod. Josh, you can tell the lovely people how Reformatory or Reformation Month may not end 
in their lives because they have us to remind them of it. That's exactly right. And support That's exactly us right. in various ways. So, Well, until, until next Reformation Month, which is in <laughs> 339 days, okay? Yeah. Just to be clear, 339 days until we get to the next Reformation Month. Uh, you can support the Reformatory's mission, our goal, to make the local church central in the life of the believer. This is what we do. This is why we're here. We're here to encourage you in your service and commitment to the local church. And we try to have some fun along the way. So yes. if you appreciate that, there are many ways you can support us. We appreciate a little Patreon if you feel like it. If you know, mm-hmm. you feel like, you know what, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put one less gallon of gas in my tank this month. I'm gonna take that five dollars. I'm gonna give it to the reformatory. Right? And you're gonna get some mm-hmm. cool perks and your name shall be Hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. That is a pledge that we make to you, and we come through on that pledge. Oh, you can also do. head on over to reformatorypod.com, get yourself some local church merch, some good stuff there. I think we're going to be doing an overhaul on the store. Uh, I'm wanting to kind of go through the designs again, take out some of the ones that haven't been selling. I want to decrease the prices on there um, and uh, maybe put some new designs in. So that is that is on the horizon. I just need, I need some time to go through it. But hey, five dollar hollas. We are, we are, we are five dollar hollas, people. It's true. We are a one and a half pony show here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let y'all. I'll let y'all work that one out in your head. Wait, I'm confused. No, never mind. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Last but not least, you can, if you're on Apple, people, help us out here because I've seen the numbers. I see all of you, my friends. I've seen my friends who are listening to this podcast on an Apple device using Apple Podcasts. I see the numbers. Mm-hmm. My friends, give us give us a little give us a little love. Show us a little love. Give us give us a like. Give us a five-star rating. Maybe write us a little review. Yes. We would greatly appreciate that. We really would. It helps get the podcast out to more people and more people can be encouraged to commit to their local church. Mm-hmm. My friends, Jack Happy Reformation Month. Yes, sir. It's been awesome. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of The Reformatory.